Welcome to Alphabet Scoop, episode 113. This week we are discussing everything about Android 12, which launched last Thursday, unexpected, uh, which is a day late uh, compared to the past five years or so. But we've had a week to live with Android 12, and we've 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 dived a lot into it. So, uh, just to get to get out of the way, this is starting with a developer preview. There will be three of them, followed by four betas, and then the there be before the final release. But Android 12 right now, as it is every year, is just for developers. And this year, Google with Android 12, what for developers they want to give them new tools for building great experiences for users. That's the official quote. And we're definitely seeing that in notifications, for example. They have been completely redesigned uh, with bigger icons. They're a bit more friendly. Google has rearranged everything again. And I think for the most part, it's... Well, in the case of the media player, I like how they went back to enlarging the cover art after shrinking it this uh, with Android 11. So there's some nice tweaks all around. Um, we won't get to appreciate any of the changes until uh, app developers start updating the apps. But so far, so good. I don't know, though. It seems interesting with the that this uh, that they're talking about. Bitten tools to give to developers for for great experiences and i'm it just doesn't feel like that's the that's not what i would describe as what we've seen with android 12 so far that seems to be the promise of android 12 but it doesn't feel like what we've seen so far none of the the headline changes to android 12 feel like they're developer empowering or or experience driving you know Mm, i can see that but I, I think in some ways what they mean about, again, in the case of notifications, it's, I think putting the app icon right there is kind of a big deal uh, in terms of that the conveying that you're dealing with an individual. I don't know, notifications always felt a part of the system, but there's a level of theming here that that's, I don't know, empowers a developer to make it more of their own experience. Yeah, I can see that, especially with uh, by comparison to Android 11, which kind of lumped uh, social apps together into that conversations view. I feel like Android 12, with the way that it, you know, as you're saying, put the, puts the app icon on, on the side, it, it brings back that level of the division between apps. Like sometimes I'd, I'd get confused what apps different uh, notifications are even from when I'm looking at the conversations view on Android 11. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, I hope, well, it being able to put your own spin on something within limits is better than a, a wild west approach that, put, that defined the early days of the platform. But I hope it keeps it I hope what this 
free this freer expression of Google's allowing apps and Android 12 notifications is still within limits. But yeah, so notifications. How how do either of you like um, this year's iteration on uh, lock, on media notifications? It looks visually a little bit nicer. It's minor, but it's nice. Yeah, iteration is all it needed. It it it, it was already kind of a revolution, as it were, last time. This was, it was mm-hmm. nice to just have a an iteration this year. Hmm. But they, I don't know, they always change it from year to year. That's like, uh, they always change it from year to year. And yeah, it's not, it's not an Android release without a tweak to media and a tweak to notifications. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's that's pretty true. So yeah, um, that's notifications. And I think another big tentpole that we're starting to see is privacy with um, privacy toggles to block the camera and microphone. In practice, I, okay, so there's the urban myth, I guess, of people thinking that uh, Facebook is listening to them, that Instagram is listening to them to serve ads. Which, to be fair, seems like it's happening, even though it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, those moments, there has to be some, uh, psychological explanation to why those moments feel so so visceral, but yeah, and and I doubt that Google is going to be that explicit that these privacy toggles are meant to mitigate that. But eh, I like the idea of these toggles, especially the microphone, more so than more so than the camera. Yeah, it just it feels like a kill switch, which you know we've seen on a lot of laptops have like a physical switch to cut off the camera, uh, either with a privacy cover or with a uh, it just cuts off the software. Um, I mean, like one of the things I liked about it was uh, there's been a lot of times where I've been tied into like a video conference from my phone, and it's a time I really don't want to be seen. This I'm always worried, like I'm always checking, make sure I'm muted, make sure I'm. Uh, that the camera's off, but it'd be nice to just hit a toggle and make sure that that definitely can't happen. So I think it's, it's nice. It's a good, yeah. So yeah, privacy, I'm sure we'll see more of that, um, going forward. And that's, I think, um, there, there's quite a handful of user facing changes that are already live in developer preview one, um, markup got a nice little boost. Um, you can now add emoji and text to screenshots while it's also available, um, not just for screenshots. So I think this is will be a more comprehensive editor. Uh, what does um, Samsung do? Uh, do they keep the markup tool or do they have their own custom thing? In their they have their own. Yeah, they have their own, which is like optimized for the S Pen and stuff. Uh, frankly, it's a lot better, but yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's neg- it's a neg- negligible difference. It doesn't really matter. Uh, they both they both get the job done. I think I just like Samsung's a little bit more. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, what does reduce bright colors do in terms of how does it actually does it make a big impact? It feels like it does nothing. Like I was messing around with it. Uh, basically the idea is to, uh, 
cut down on the screen brightness really quickly is basically the best way I can describe it. Um, it's an accessibility shortcut, which means that you can have it triggered by either pressing the two volume buttons or swiping up from the bottom with two fingers. Um, so really it'd just be, it'd be a good way to cut down on a bright image. If you're sensitive to bright images without, uh, without having to constantly have your screen brightness low. So like, let's say, you know, you run your phone in dark mode, you use dark apps, um, so it doesn't bother you, but you might open up a video or an article and it's bright white. You, this just would let you quickly tap a button and the brightness goes down by a preset percentage. Um, that's the utility I see in it so far, but I'm sure there's more to it than that. Um, yeah, it's, it's an accessibility feature. It's not going to be for everybody, but it'll be useful for those who do, who do need it. Gotcha. So, um, navigation gestures working instantly in full screen apps. I tried to test this on YouTube, but since YouTube has that whole, uh, you can hide the full screen prayer by swiping down, it's not as noticeable. Have any yeah, it's, seen where this is useful? So it seems like this one is, uh, basically opt in. It's not, it, from what I gather, this is like if, Developers implemented navigation gestures the right way. What this does is if something is in full screen, you swipe once and the gesture kicks in. If they did not, or if they, you know, changed it however they needed to change it, um, then it will, uh, it'll act like it normally does. You'll have to swipe once to re-enable gestures and then again to perform that gesture. But in Google Photos, which is the best example, uh, if you're viewing a photo in complete full screen, you swipe once to go back and it does it. You swipe once to go home and it does it. Uh, I'm kind of glad it seems like it's opt-in because this could suck in video games. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of scenarios where, where it would be very bad. Like you'd have to, even photos, it's very tricky the way they implement it because you may be just trying to swipe from one photo to another and then you just back out and you're in the gallery view again. Yeah. Not the biggest deal in the world, of course, but still could be frustrating. It'll be good in some, some places. It'll be really bad in others, which is, uh, like I said, it's good that this is, it looks like it's opt-in. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, those are like what I would call the user-facing changes that add a lot of nice well, usability for, for, to end users. But some of the biggest stuff is not quite here yet, but we're starting to get peaks of the, what Android 12, the final design, will be. And I would say that we start to see that in... The, the Pixel's dark theme is no longer an AMOLED black. It's, it's honestly kind of bluish, gray bluish. Yeah, it's, um, the, it's that gray shade. that they use in most of their apps. It really comes off as blue to me. I'm not sure why I think that. But yeah. It doesn't to me, but I like it. I don't like AMOLED black. Ooh, no, I have to. AMOLED black, it makes sense to me when it's, a, it's the system color. And I, that's in regular dark theme apps, I prefer the light gray that Google Ops for everywhere. 
But like in the one place I think AMOLED black is acceptable is the uh, system, any part of the system touches. I can agree with that. I didn't like I didn't mind it in the system settings, but if I have the choice, I'm going to pick the light gray. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that opens us up to <laughs> a big redesign, which again, since uh, the developer previews are just for developers getting the apps ready and giving feedback to Google, the, the whole big consumer changes that we would expect um, sometime in May, um, they're not here yet, but we have been able to get some looks at it. And first, there's the regular settings app, which has been tweaked with this um, new search oval search bar and um, separated avatar icon in the top right corner. But the, the big change here is something with Kyle you're able to activate. Uh, so yeah, well, we were able, uh, or what's what's been able to, to happen, the community found a way to... Uh, to create a theme that is applied to, across the system, uh, something that we had detailed ahead of time, ahead of the release, but wasn't by default in the Android 12 release. But they, able, you're able to just add a a color, basically, just a, a single color, like a an orange, orange, purple, and green are some of the examples that were uh, shown off by a community member, K Dragon. Um. But what what it does is it recolors quite literally everything. Like as you were saying, the you know how the AMOLED black looks kind of blue. That's that's that seems to be because the default color of Android twelve, or at least of the Pixel variant of Android twelve, is this blue color. Uh, so when you put on an orange or you put on a purple theme, suddenly that is now a, a dark purple instead of a dark blue, a dark orange. So it's a, it's an interesting shift that uh, it, I'm intrigued to see how Google or what colors Google themselves decides to choose. We, we, all we've seen are guesses that people have created. We don't know what color Google's going to use necessarily. Mm-hmm. And again, there's no UI for it, so to speak. But what, do we think that? Okay, so right now, if you long press on the um, on the Pixel Launcher, you get the Styles and Wallpaper section. Do we think that's where Google is going to put customization of these themes again? I'm not so sure, to be honest. Just if only because that particular UI is part of the pixel launcher as it were, where this seems to be something more broader for, for Android 12 rather than something just for the pixel line. So Mm. it it might just live somewhere in the settings app. Hmm. Okay. And that's, that's the, the wallpaper based theming that again, like you said, we spotted ahead of the release, but there's something way more substantial in the settings app. Um, a peek at the new design language, isn't there? Yeah. So the, with uh, some enabling, we were able to turn on something called a, a silky home is basically what's, what it's been kind of referred to. 
it, it seems to be this, this complete material redesign of the settings app, bringing it to uh, like the, the search bar at the top has been redesigned and, and, uh, the, all of the items are thicker and more sp- spaced out. And uh, they kind of added this one UI like touch where you have a heading that is taking up the top third of the screen so that you have the, the rest of the screen is reachable by your thumb. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting shift and seems to be like we might be, moving forward from the uh, material theme redesigns of a couple of years ago. Hmm. That's so material theming was born out of material design, which was Google's foundation of their modern design language out of material design, not allowing enough customization. And the idea with material theming is that the theme allowed people to allowed third-party developers to put more of their style and such into uh, the apps they're doing. So it's, I think what the, this, so usability, if from what we can see with the Samsung One UI style um, top thirds, Heather, um, it's usability, um, reachability, which ties directly to a one-handed mode. But I, uh, I'm curious what else defines um, uh, material next, as it's being called by some people, in, docu- uh, in early documentation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I would think that the theming and the uh, the... The, the reachabilities are the, are the two, the two core aspects that they've talked about so far. But to tie it back to what we were saying earlier, these seem like major points in Android 12 and they aren't included for, uh, for developers to, or they weren't publicly mentioned for developers to start thinking about it ahead of time. It's weird to me. Hmm. Maybe you could see that thing, the, the next two developer previews rather than waiting for the beta. So that could be um, something that occurs. Um, We mentioned one-handed mode a bit earlier, but um, we've been able to use it. Um, How are you liking it? Honestly, it's it's not really for me. I haven't, I don't, it's mostly because I got the Pixel 5 because I can reach everything with my thumb. It's not really for me, but there, I know that there are people who will make good use of this and, and it's for those people that this was designed. But I think also that it might just be like a, a stopgap, as it were, for those apps that don't implement the reach of the, implement their own version of reachability. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The one handed mode. Yeah. It's, it's, so, well, some, it's something that um, Apple did originally, uh, reachability. But this one-handed mode seems, I don't know, it seems a way for Google to add this feature, to make this a stock feature of Android. It just seems a way um, in terms of catching up to trends. If anything, I would think people have gotten used to these super watch phones and that there's no longer 
a demand for it, so to speak. I mean, I will say I, I like the implementation that they did rather than uh, some of the ones I've, I've used in the past, like uh, the LG V20, which was definitely a massive phone for its time. Uh, it, it would, uh, bring, it would just shrink the whole screen down into a, into a movable pop-up window, which, oh, that that's still super common. I don't like it. I hate Every, that I version. think most Android manufacturers still do. I think Samsung still does that. Ugh, I don't um, like it. Yeah, no, I agree. I hate that. I, I would much rather take Google's version, which is basically stealing Apple's version <laughs> to I'll, I'll take that any day. That's just shrink, just shrink it down vertically, bring it closer to my thumb. I agree, but I've also never used it on an iPhone because I hated it the way, like I, I never found the utility in it. Do you have a pro max? No, I'm just saying I've never, I've okay. I've never found it more convenient to perform the gesture to do a reachability thing than to just move the phone in my hand. Like I've just, I've never found that more useful. I'm sure some people do. I just, I've never found it more useful. And yes, I had an iPhone six plus at the time. Mm, that, that, that definitely needed it. But <laughs> yeah, it's, I agree that there's, it's a more elegant solution rather than like blocking it, than wait, than not being able to access Putting shrinking your screen and putting massive black borders everywhere—that just seems like you're not. That that begs like you. You should have just gotten a smaller phone rather than adapt trying to adapt this big phone to, um, to a small and make it work with a small uh, display, virtual display. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really do like how uh, Samsung handled it in One UI, in which you know Google's kind of adopting, um, where it's just you know in certain menus the you can scroll down from the bottom and then everything comes down and the title just gets bigger. It's kind of a waste of space, but it's also really useful. Yeah, and. Again, that usefulness usefulness theme is without a doubt echoing throughout Android 12. Um, this is about, well, besides one-handed mode in terms of lock screen, a lock screen redesign, at least on Pixel devices, and basically AOD customization, or have we have, I don't think we've have, seen what this rearranged uh, lock screen looks like on the a- AOD, right? Oh, we have seen it on, on the AOD, yeah. Nice. So it translates over. Nice. Yeah, it's it, it's really uh, it's gorgeous, actually. I, I, I really like it. I just hope that we get to see some more of those clocks that we uh, missed from, uh, what was that, Android 10? That, intro- that yeah. introduced... Is that 10 or 9? Feels like forever I- ago. Yeah, well, one of the past Android betas had the, all these clocks, and I, I still like the one where it's like, it spells out in words, it's 10.15. Oh, that was the best one. I loved that. Indeed, yeah. That's basically a Nest Hub clock right now, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? I don't remember. I think. Yeah, I just wanted it on my phone. Text one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, Samsung has always allowed... A great level of customization on the AOD. Um, 
Twitch. You can put a GIF on your AOD. <laughs> yes, you can. You, I believe you can put a full calendar, right? A full 31-day yep. calendar. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, yeah, it, the balance between like the full feature set and being able to customize it and um, simpleness, which I think an AO and always-on display should be first and foremost. That's going to be an interesting balance. But it reminds me of uh, Nexus 7 days when you had uh, lock screen widgets. Does anybody remember? Yeah. Uh, I do. Mm, love those. Yeah, that, well, that and the concept of widgets have went away. But it would be kind of be nice if those clocks were just widgets and developers could build some small, tiny, static experiences. That was part of the joy of Android way back then. That was, that was one of like one of the selling features, at least in my in my book. I I loved that. Indeed, yeah. Ah, that was delightful. So yeah, um, let's see what other usability things are there. Scrolling screenshots, which okay, uh, I know everybody wants it, but sell sell it to me. Why do I want this feature? Because don't you end up like cutting it in half anyways to like yeah so the where i've always found it useful is in you know sometimes you just want to send one screenshot but it's like it just cuts off a little bit of information um like i don't think it's useful to just take this infinitely long screenshot because you can't share it like usefully especially if you're trying to share it with someone like who's going to view it on their computer it's impossible to read but it's nice to just be able to, if you need to get a little more information, you have that ability. I think it's definitely been uh, overhyped, but it is useful. I use it all the time on my uh, Fold 2 and my S21. I use it all the time on Samsung phones. Uh, and on that note, Samsung does this way better than Google. <laughs> um, I mean, it's early it's, to say yeah. that. It's probably just because it's early, but in its current state, scrolling screenshots natively work. They're not nearly as good. They're, uh, the animations are super choppy. Uh, and like in Twitter, for example, if you do a scrolling screenshot, you have the floating action button just like five times. Um, I hope it gets cleaned up in time. But just because of how rough it is right now, I'm not fully confident in that. Or at least in the the other problem is it's not consistent yet. Like I could take a scrolling screenshot in the settings menu and in Twitter, but I couldn't do it in like Google Discover. And that's just kind of weird. So, yeah, I hope they clean it up and just honestly, if they just took Samsung's and threw it into native Android, it would work out great. (laughs) I don't know why Google has this... Uh, opinion that just for some fundamental reason it can't work as Samsung has said. It. I mean, it's basically what they've said is that the way that third parties have done it isn't right. Uh, whatever the case, I'm glad it's coming. Uh, it's really rough right now, though. Speaking of rough, the new screenshot notification, which is the most minor thing in the world. But the fact that they remove the X button and you have to swipe away is the worst. It's it yeah, the absolute I agree. worst on Thursday. It's sporadic, though. Some people still have the X. I do. 
I still have it. And then it'll it'll show up and it'll disappear. I find like different times when I take screenshots, it's there, and then other times it's not. And then okay, so basically, so when the screenshot notification makes like a tiny L, where you have the screenshot on the left, and on the bottom edge you have this long strip um, to either share or edit. Um, now you have to swipe to the left to get rid of it. Previously, you had a tiny X button, which again was small, was a tiny touch target. But compared to the left, uh, the, the swiping to the left, and you can't swipe to the right for that reason. Oh no, you can swipe yeah. to the right. It just doesn't do anything. Do it, anything. It moves. Yeah. It moves under your touch, and then it just whoop, goes right back. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> I hope they keep the X because that is one of my problems with, uh, I'll go back to Samsung, taking a screenshot on a Samsung. Uh, you just get the bar come across your screen and there's no obvious way to get rid of it, which is really frustrating if you don't plan on doing anything with the screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a minor nitpick. And I guess another, uh, upcoming feature is, Columbus, Kyle. Ah, the Columbus, the double tap. Just a quick pop, pop. So, uh, as we've <laughs> talked many a time before. Indeed. Pixels are going to get this double tap where you just, just like the iPhones have, but uh, you can say Google came up with the first, or maybe you can't, I don't know. You can it, you tap the back of the phone twice and it does something. At least it's supposed to. Uh the default action is going to be the assistant, which is a good replacement on the uh, the Pixel 5 and 4a and 4a 5G and 4a 5G XL and Knuckles. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you just you give a quick double tap to pull up the assistant because you, you don't have the squeeze gesture anymore, the, the active edge. So you just double tap, open up the assistant rather than doing that swipe gesture from the corner. But it's, it's the codes there, but, it, and the, the UI is there, but giving the double tap does not work no matter what we try. Mm hmm. So yeah, this is without a doubt, uh, Pixel one, it's hardware exclusive and it'll be undoubtedly limited to the Pixel experience that Google does. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll, it's better than adding an extra button. Ah, yes. la, what Sony loves to do, and Samsung increasing, and LG, has so, Nokia, yeah, Nokia, yeah, <laughs> BlackBerry. They they had a dedicated button. Yeah, all of them had dedicated buttons, and but yeah, this is a, a more elegant solution. But I don't know speaking from the iOS side, I don't think it's taken people by craze. It, it's not. I thought it would be more of a bigger thing right now or like a more like a hit hidden feature to add more functionality to your phone. I guess not, oddly. Yeah, Google made a mistake by getting rid of the active edge. I'll say it to the day I die. I agree. Why do you? No, both of you. No, it was great. It was great if you liked Why? it. If you didn't like it, just turn it off and shush. I No, honestly, no. I just I just wish... More than anything, more than uh, squeezes more than and sure. back taps and all this stuff. Just give me Motorola's classic gestures on every phone and be done with it. 
absolutely I'm not familiar. But before they're, you they're, let me, they were perfection, and no one can tell me otherwise. And I want them on everything. <laughs> what did they uh, do before I explain what the Motorola does? I'm not going to let you sidetrack me into defending myself on why Active Edge <laughs> is a very awkward idea. Um, f- for one thing. So the sensors for Active Edge, they pressure. It's a pressure, right? They detect uh, based on the fo- based on the sides of the phone. They um, detect how much pressure you're applying. And inherently, as you squeeze something, it breaks. Why do you want to use your phone? Why does using your phone feel like you're breaking it? Because on an infinite time scale, squeezing something leads to breaking it. And I don't know why you want that to be a feature. It feels awkward. If it's a if it's a metal or glass phone, it's not gonna break. It's fine. It, it, it and and if anything, what you, you're feeling the haptics kick in. It's not like the phone's breaking. Yeah, I, I mean, I I get where you're I get where you're coming from, but uh, I don't know. It also to, to me if it. I like haptics, not, not haptics, uh, tactile experiences. Yeah. And a squeeze is not the same as like a button, but it, it does have a tactile component to it, especially because of the haptics. Uh, I, that, the, yeah, that was the one I, bit of haptics I've ever enjoyed. Yeah. I, I, I like it. It's, but it's fine. It, like I said, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, just turn it off. That it, it could have yeah, stuck it's, around, it's no problem. Fundamentally, it's distasteful. But anyways, whatever. Motorola, has yes, Motorola gestures. And Last time we'll talk so, about them for a while. Basically, oh, um, <laughs> the two of you will be treated to an extended treatise after this podcast on the Motorola. Oh but boy, you'll see. But anyways, so Motorola. Um, what were they called? Moto Actions? I think they're called the, the underlying name is Moto Actions. Anyways, you could, uh, double twist your phone to launch the cap, to launch the camera. Um, you could wait, chop. Wait. How yes. do you, how do you twist? How do you, is, how, twist your wrist. Do you need twice? It is definitely an action that you had to get used to, but it was oh. like if you you twisted it, kind of like if the two corners of the phone, two diagonal corners, were the uh, axis, you would twist it that way, um, and it would kick in the camera. So um, actually, this is available in Google Camera right now. It to what switch swap between to the, the rear facing the and the front facing camera. Oh. You got me yeah, really excited for a second. I've never gotten that gesture to work once. Never. So, okay, so hold your phone so, on an axis and it'll do it. I will try it's it. Fun. But it's, you keep describing, but I, so I will fun. I will sit here. Okay, okay, I got it to work. That's yeah. done. Got nice. <laughs> it's, nice. It, you say no, that, but if, you, if, you, if it was the gesture <laughs> to launch the camera, you would use it all the time. It's so good. Fair. If it, it works, so if it worked consistently, fine. But it does. You, That's the you thing. Get I don't get it. how, it's but perfect. Motorola had them perfect. They always worked. It always worked. There's no um, doubt about that. But another honestly, one was even, chopping. Yeah, to that do one was even more useful. Yes, you could chop twice to get to the flashlight, and that was fantastic. What is Wait, it? Chop? Just those two. 
those were the two most useful. There were more like you could uh, like the wave to get to your uh, always on display. Oh, um, that. Oh, I missed that so much. Which I mean, they I liked that, but it was weird just because they had like little IR sensors, which looked really weird in the time of white bezels, which I still can't. Yeah, I, I'll never and, forgive them for doing that. And AODs are always um, here. So yeah. there's no point in that. Uh, yeah, they had, they had a few more, but those were the two like really, really useful ones. And I just, I wish they were on every phone and that's a complete just side rant, but I, 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 I love those. I miss those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ironic that it's for right now. That only thing is that Google owned Motorola for a few years. They could have honestly swiped the idea and kept it to themselves into Android, but they didn't do that for whatever reason. And it's uh, it was a very just a clever way of doing more f- of uniquely launching things. But uh, that's history. Yeah, I mean, really think about it. They were they got that right in 2013. It's incredible. It's been it's eight incredible. years, and they and no one has copied them. Do you think it's patented? I Maybe doubt it's it. Patented. I if it, doubt. But if it was, they they then Google could have kept it in the yeah in, when selling Motorola. I think that's what Ben's getting yeah. at. I don't know. It's I wish they those were still around. That was way off topic though. Way off topic. <laughs> yeah. A bit off topic. But yeah, um so that's Columbus. Uh yeah, it we'll, was we'll see when it launches. It was Columbus, <laughs> and we'll see when it happens. That was Columbus um, and the better Columbus. version of Columbus. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Um, so, let's see. Other things that have happened, very briefly, um, Android TV 12. I'll, I'll spoil my own post that's going up tomorrow. It, it's nothing. There's mm-hmm. no, nothing changed. There's a, but we did realize that because, because we sideloaded Android TV 12, uh, which was briefly broken, but is now fixed. Um, that Google TV has a basic mode, which just turns off all the smart features and is meant for like panels that ship with Google TV. It's really cool. It's not exclusive to Android 12 though, which is good. Uh, but yeah, user facing features, there's nothing. Uh, because Android updates don't really matter for TVs because everything's all the important stuff is like play services and app updates. Yeah. I think, um, uh, Oz Technica's Lon Amadeo, um, he had, he had the brilliant, he made, he, he made, okay. So basically his point was Google should divorce Android versions from Android TV and Definitely Wear OS. Yep, one hundred percent agree. However <laughs> many years old right now. Oh yeah, we we that that's already happened with Wear OS. It's been on Android Nine this whole time. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, because they it doesn't even show it in the settings. But uh Android TV and Google TV, they do show it in the settings. And yeah, it it's not important. Like I well, I was putting together something today on you know why it doesn't matter and like Android 8 was obviously a big deal because it introduced the whole new UI and way of working. You go to Android 9, like the biggest change was the redesigned settings menu. Uh, and then Android 10 and Android 11, everything was in the background. There were no user facing changes that were like actually important. We're now and user Android- facing changes Google TV. Yeah. And, but that's, that, 
it works on Android 10. That's what the Chromecast ships with. There's just, there's nothing, nothing in Android TV is actually like tied to the version except for platform specific things. And most of the time those don't matter for Android TVs. So this is a diversion, but um, if you think about it, Wear OS and Android TV in terms of how you can update um, components directly in the Play Store to make a big impact on the features and stuff. That really was a precursor to mainline, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, it's that doesn't, Wear OS was definitely first to that model, and uh, the wearable platform doesn't get enough credit for that. Mm-hmm. Of course, they didn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. One can see. Nothing to see here. Nothing to yeah. update. Yeah. Uh, no, I, the one thing I will say about Android TV 12 though, which is like the actual important thing is it got its preview the same day as phones. And that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good sign that Google's finally going to actually take updates, not necessarily major platform updates, but just updates in general more seriously on Android TV. And another good sign of that is that the, uh, for the preview builds for the 8AT3 are, they include this month's security patch, nice. which again, never happened before. Last, uh, I think the Android 11, uh, public build for 8AT3 that came out last year, it came out in September and I'm pretty sure it had like a July patch on it. They've <laughs> never been up to date. Like I think even the Chromecast, I think is like a month out of date right now. December, I believe. It's two months. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's just, it's a good sign that they're finally going to take this stuff seriously, uh, which is great. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, that's Android TV. I'm sure over the coming uh, months we'll have, we'll learn more what the focus of Android 12 for Android TV is. But uh, to wrap up today is, so we all have um, Android 12 installed. Um, uh, it's surprisingly stable, uh, speaking from all of our experiences. Well, Ben, you definitely. The biggest uh, issue I had as well. Yeah. So uh, we, we have an article that uh, kind of goes over everything that we've noticed so far. It is pretty stable. Uh, the biggest thing I had issues with was biometrics. My uh, fingerprint sensor is not reliable. Um hmm. To part, I think part of that is due to some of the stuff we enabled, but uh, Damien was having the same issues where uh, the fingerprint sensor just wasn't listening when you tried to use it on the lock screen. Mm. Um, and I've seen reports of like apps crashing and stuff, but it's, you know, for a first preview, it's pretty stable. Um, but I think I it was the same. That. It was the same thing last year and the second one broke everything. So, yeah. And to qualify that, uh, Damien, uh, you, Ben, and I, we're on Pixel 4a's and Pixel 5's. Yes. How is it on the Pixel 3 XL, Kyle? Uh, it's a, it's interesting. It doesn't, inconsistent, I would say, uh, stable, mm. stable, but just, it, it just doesn't feel, the Pixel 3a XL with its, with its center notch just doesn't, or the Pixel, the yeah, Pixel 3 XL just doesn't, the center notch just doesn't feel right here like it did before i don't know like uh, the the power menu is behind the notch <laughs> there's there's just little little details that just tells you or feels to me like this phone wasn't really 
considered. <laughs> but as far as stability, though, it's been fine. It hasn't, hasn't really crashed. It's been okay. Yeah. And, of course, uh, like the major takeaway is if you use Google Pay, do not install this because Google Pay will not work. And you won't be having a good time. But, yeah, Android 12, the, the madness has begun. We're in it for a few months, definitely into the summer. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us about on this episode of Alphabet Scoop. We record every Thursdays and publish Friday mornings. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. And you can even listen on our site at 95google.com if you wish. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you to Kyle and Ben for joining me. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.